Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. To the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson, it's Hump Day with Swanee and friends, Samantha Richards, Dane Swan, and guest friend Nathan Buckley. Hi, yeah, Ralphie. We got you, Sam Swanee, Nathan. In that order, mate. You, um, I just spent fifteen minutes asking about your foot. Yeah, of course, you still get those. Not much has changed. Yeah, professional I'm, athlete. Yeah, so I'm working my way up. This foot it was my Lynch Frank in the yeah. um, same leg. Yeah, so now then it was my ankle. Might be me, me leg or me knee next year. Round one. 2016, it was wasn't a great night. No, no, it wasn't a great night. Got our ass kicked, um, and I lasted 40 seconds. Mm. Oh. I was right in front of the coach's box, and yeah. uh, we lost by 80 points. And it was uh, two days after Mark Robinson ran the article about up to 11 Collingwood yeah. players testing positive to illicit drugs. Yeah, no, it was a. Were you one of those, Dane? No, I wasn't. No. Really? No, I never tested positive. Were you not tested? I never tested. Never tested positive. Really? You'd be assuming oh. that it was a factual statement. Yeah, exactly. Said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless it was COVID. You've obviously tested positive a few times because you're a survivor. Well, I don't believe in COVID. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Um, I haven't tested positive. Felt like I had COVID a couple of days ago, but but I don't. No. It was no. probably the 40 beers you had. The well, mate, I was before. just saying before, it's like, was a, it was a huge one. I haven't had a week of that in a while. Um, like with the two weddings, two recoveries and four race days. But I was saying it's not so much the, the day, it's the next day, is it? We all, have, we all have children here now. It's mm. dealing with them the next day. Mm. You can't just mm. sleep in or reach, maybe get in the sauna, get in a spa, just to try and get yourself back together. It's fucking dealing with them. So it's been a... Um, They're relentless little assholes, aren't they? Oh, yeah. It's mm. been a big couple of days, but um, I'm trying on a straight and narrow for till the premiership reunion in December 3. So um, three you. weeks off, try and cleanse the body for three weeks, Nathan, if I can, and... Um, we'll go again in December. I haven't got the invite for that. The assistant coach is going. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> in, fact, in fact, I haven't been to any of them. Yeah, <laughs> well, we haven't had one for a couple of years. I don't even know when. I don't know where. I think it's. At, well, I don't want to say this in case people come, yeah. yeah. but I actually don't know where it is. I'll probably look and, and check. But well, I can catch you the day after, of course. Of course, yeah, they can, yeah. If they yeah. Right. We're having a cruise. No, we're having a cruise. All right. We're having a Swanee and Friends cruise the day after. Now, hang on. When you say I the mean, word cruise, it makes boat. it sound very respectable. Yeah. Barbie boat. But it's more of a boat party, I'd yeah, say. It's quite yeah. nice of them to down put the it on. Yeah, down the arrow. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. It'll be wonderful, won't it? Can't leave early. That's, that's no, this is I've, I've got a, um, a premiership reunion this weekend. Yeah. Over in Adelaide. 
1992 Premiership yes. side at Port Adelaide. Oh. 30 years. You go? Oh, wow. Yeah, in the head over. That'll be good. Yeah, I was just, I was a young whippersnapper. I was 20 years old. They just took the piss out of me mm. flat out. So it'll be probably going back to get bullied again. <laughs> you keep in contact with any of them? Yeah, I had, yeah. Um, actually had brekkie with Roger Delaney, who played for Fitzroy, and he was fullback. He's a good mate with Purdy. Um, he was a fullback of our, our team and. He was one of my best mates because he used to kick the ball out to me <laughs> pretty much every time. So, um, yeah, just staying sweet there. But, yeah, he's in good shape. And Tim Ginevar, George Fiacci, guys that um, you wouldn't know no, at all, but no. they're legends over in Adelaide. I'm two degrees of separation from that grand final. How? <laughs> yeah, how? So, Glenn Huntley, and, and, and I can't tell you how many times, Bucks, for some reason I never got this type of feeling when I did a podcast with Crawford Hurdy. Right. But with Dane, I'm, I'm thinking like I'm talking to my mates I've played at Glen Hutley level with some of the things <laughs> that he comes out with. <laughs> right. But we were having a, a footy trip then and Mick Smith was our coach right. who played for Sydney, uh, South Melbourne in the early 80s. Right. His best mate was playing, who did you play that day? Was it Westy? We played Glenelg. Glenelg. Yeah. His best mate was playing for Glenelg in the grand final and Mick... Kindly knocked on his door at 6am and asked for a stubby of that morning. That morning. <laughs> <coughs> Went well. So Scott Salisbury was the captain. John Fidge was a John guy that... Fidge, he that could fight. He played. He played for the Ds. Did, and yeah. and did, was he up in Brisbane as well, yes. I think? Yeah, yes. so he was the full forward for Gunnell. Yeah. Clayton, um, Clayton someone? Half Rod Jamison. Rod Jamison was there. Yeah, Clayton Lamb was, was the half it. forward. That was his best mate. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah. well, Where did you play? In the middle? Yeah, played in the guts. And you yeah. got the medal, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the... What, what's it called over there? Uh, the Jack Odie is yep. the is the Norm Smith. Yep. Yeah. Huge. Now, um, now you've just been in wonder while Sam's been rebooting everything at, at Dane, playing, just giving back to local community. Is that a hole in your CV that you never managed to play at country footy and all that just on a rotational basis? Not really. I mean, <laughs> Swan is telling me that sometimes the, the coin's too good to, to hand up. And to, and Man even, of the even people, Nathan. <laughs> Well, that and you like to yeah to suppress well, the flesh. No, well, COVID's ravaged a lot of these yeah, country footy clubs. So if I could go and spend, you know, twelve, sixteen hours of my time to help a local footy club raise some much needed funds, well, Nathan, you have your hello. I, I've got. <laughs> I, I, I've stepped out of coaching, so I don't have to deal with these <laughs> straight face lies. <laughs> Speaking but with, no, I've never seen him. Um, yeah, commit himself to a rehab. <laughs> for what he was just telling me that the, the regimes through the roof yeah. just to get back to the communities. It's good, mate. Well, well, you're, you're still looking pretty fit, though, Nathan, and you've only <laughs> recently stepped away from the game. Do you think mm. that it could be something on the horizon for you, giving back to Super Rules? You're talking about playing. Super rules. Yes, yes, I'm talking <laughs> about playing. Super Rules. So I know a club. So you're talking to a bloke who ripped. He ripped his hammy off <laughs> since retiring. Has ripped his hammy off the bone and, and ripped a peck off the bone um, three months ago. So, yeah. nah. You could you could do what Dane does. Have you heard of tattoo numbing cream? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that really good foot. for you. I tried that. I tried that on my foot. Tattoo numbing cream. <laughs> yeah, well, it numbs your body. So I well, put it num, on. numb the tattoo. Just yeah, well, get, just didn't get I had a sore. I had a, like a huge bruise on my foot on the same foot, and I was like, oh, I can't kick. What I'm going to do? So I put numbing cream on it. <laughs> Well, that's what I, I had to wrap it up in plastic two hours before the game and Just couldn't wa- and couldn't warm up because I didn't want it to. Yeah. So and then I took the plastic off five minutes. Warm up. Oh, absolutely no. can't warm up. No, well, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to kick on my no, foot, no, so I had to sit it. there and then five minutes before the game, unwrapped it, yep. put my sock on, put my boot on, and away I went. But see, this is the thing. Like everyone, like, like ultra professionals, they're the ones that look for the the one percenters, mm-hmm, the exactly. things that are going to make the difference. And you don't, you can't be elite without it. 
And or the one lo- thing, loopholes. Well, yeah, well, or loopholes. That's the same thing. But so <laughs> Swanee would, Swanee was underrated in this. To find the shortest distance between two points was something that he was able to do that other people. Exactly. Yeah. You, what was <laughs> That's your superpower. Oh, didn't, Steve, was. didn't Steve Jobs say, "Give the laziest people the hardest jobs because they'll find the quickest way to do it"? Yeah. Did he say that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think he did. If not, I think he did. If not, it's now a T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. If not, if not, a very other smart man made it up. A very other smart man. Wow. I'm, I'm good at words. Drinking a lazy person. No, it actually, if you want something done, give it to a busy, busy person. Busy person. Yeah, that's, busy that's person. The saying, yeah, you've just got it all ass up. Ah, well, well. Dane's version. Yeah, it's my version. Dane's remix. It's my version. <laughs> so, so no, you're not going to play local footy then. Nah, I'm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I haven't even thought that the All-Stars game, I've, I haven't really been interested in doing that. No. Part of the reason I, I didn't do that back in the day was because I was going to take it far too seriously. Everyone else would be trying to have fun and I'd be Which I think is known as the Richie Vandenberg medal. Oh, is that, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Is that right? No. Well, I didn't. that's not a medal I wanted to win. <laughs> but, I, yeah, so I, I don't know why. I've just, I, I moved around a lot as a kid um, and... Footy didn't really kick off for me as a player until until I sort of settled at Port Adelaide and then went to Brisbane for a year and then I was at Collingwood. And it was sort of like – so the professional existence of playing football was really closely sort of gelled. Um, it, was no, it wasn't a lot – it wasn't always fun. Footy wasn't always fun for me. Yeah. So it was more um, a means to an end. Yeah. So, yeah, I just haven't – I thought it would be – it would have been nice to have a group of mates that you've known for a long time to go and play with, which you've done yeah. a little bit. But um, because I was so – moved around a lot as a young fella, like my – my I haven't got an established sort of friendship group for the last 30, 40 years. It's sort of – it's been really transient yeah. outside of, you know, three or four really close mates. So – Probably didn't have that feeling to go back to a club. What about coaching a local club? You've <laughs> someone tried to woo you out of um, the media and or the, your Fox, whatever that show is called, Fox Footy, <laughs> Footy Late at Night, wow. or whatever it's called. What's I'm so sorry. Best on ground. Best on ground. Yeah, yeah, so yeah sorry, that. Nathan, I apologise. Like, surprise you're looking at his research notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's fine. Could <laughs> coaching local footy would that be something even, you're interested even, in? Even less chance of that. <laughs> this morning. Get your, I know your kids are already in school, but. Get them into a well, free school fees and stuff like that. I know you like your money. <laughs> See, this is, well, this is what's driving him with Tate coming up. The only reason he can consider coaching would be to possibly benefit him, I guess, really. Oh, well, if, if, school, if, one, if one of those fees. school clubs want me to come down and play for them, I'll be there in a heartbeat. If Sorry, play for them or coach for Oh, them? fuck, whatever. <laughs> He's a, no, it's good that there's sort of the, the walls are down and it's a lot more transparent mm. now than it used to be. Like, <laughs> to find those... Distances between two points and to find mm. the shadiest way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now the you know, <laughs> everyone else does. There's no illusions now. It's good. Oh. But no, I um, you're talking about what you're talking about is what Brenton Sanderson is doing. He's now director of sport at Mentone. Yeah. Um. So he's got the three young kids that are coming through, and the other thing, education costs are sorted there, and he's coaching Bourne. So he's, he's exactly real, basically your the, your prototype sort of yeah I'm after AFL. Retiree yeah. as a player and a coach is what Sando's doing. I have to go for a walk around the town with him or something and just pick his <laughs> brain. Yeah, I know how to do it. Well. I don't drink coffee, so <laughs> well, uh, you can get a no juice. Point. Well, yeah, get a smoothie. While you're uh, get a smoothie. getting your body back to, you know, peak condition. Are you going to box? Are we boxing? Yeah, I did stuff with Mick yesterday, Mick Degana yesterday. Um, 
Well, I'm not sure my foot's going to allow that, but I, I did some boxing. So when you weigh that up, like risk to to earning potential, is it something that you'd seriously consider, like down the track? No, not as a not not in a not as a profession. No, absolutely not. No. Well, enough, unless, unless enough, I was fine, not enough coin in it. Unless I was fine, Samantha or some, or <laughs> well, you know, someone Please I knew I was going to speak close. very easily. If I was on fine. a second, have you seen my rival? Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't. Um, I mean, Sonny, the, the NRL boys, Sonny Bill, Paul Gowan, yeah. mm. yeah, Listen, or Barry Hall like. against other footballers. Yes, not against a professional boxer. Well, no, well, they'd, they beat shit out, they'd beat the shit out of me. Now. But there's always a caveat to that. Like if they said he's ten million bucks, I'd fight anyone. Yeah. Well, you would. I wouldn't last long, but. That's what I mean. There would be a market. Dane Swan in a yeah. boxing ring. There'd be a market, wouldn't there? Absolutely. Well, exactly. Yeah. I'd, like, I'd pay to see that. Yeah, but that have to. That's obviously like against you said. Sonny Bill. He's looking for yeah. a comeback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be a quick one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be a real quick one. You'd um, find a way, though. I reckon if you, if they offered you a couple of hundred, if I had to last, depending on how long well, I had you'd to punch last. yourself in the head. When <laughs> yeah, you go exactly. In there, <laughs> <laughs> but give yourself a standing ten, standing eight count. I reckon there'd be. Um, It'd be an investigation in the firefight because I'd take a knee as soon as the first second come out and I'm like, oh, mate, you wouldn't cool. land a punch on me and I'd, <laughs> uh, I'd drop to the ground. But but I'm I'm probably getting a bit too old to be doing that kind of stuff. But I enjoy it as a as a training method. I wasn't, do that. wasn't great for wasn't a big fan of weights. So who, who would you be in front of or behind in the 2010 team, for instance, going to the boxing? Uh, well, it depends. <laughs> now probably. Most of them because they're all none of them don't train. They're all fat. <laughs> but, um, did, did you see the way he fat shaved Dale t- Thomas? No, I didn't. I don't say he's fat. I say look like he had his wisdom teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fa- that's not fat shaming. I don't know. You can you can contr- you can draw your own conclusions. Um, no, we had some pretty handy boxes in the um, Jono Dids. They were pretty good. Pendles was not that you would think it, but he mm. he fucking trains himself to be the the best at everything. So because he was a Manny Pacquiao fan. Yeah. So. Yep. Pendles was uh, Pendles just weighed down because he's so fit mm. and he's so long. Oh, but, but he's not very aggressive. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Madge was good, cracked in and playing it, but cracked was very sharp. Um, well, we mentioned Pendles. Come on, Bucks, just just please for everyone else. Co- Pendle. Coaching Pendles, coaching Swatty. That's one of Swatty's great lines as always. He couldn't have got a. He couldn't have had his career if he did what how Pendles went about it, and Pendles couldn't have had his career if he went about like Swatty. No, correct. And that's, yeah, it's horses for courses. But, mm-hmm. now, I mean, Pendle's, you know, ultra professional. And what he's what he is doing seriously is, yeah, I think it's underrated right now. Like, Longevity was. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, and consistency of performance. I've got a theory on why. Yeah, why? It's because he doesn't have any leg speed. Because, and obviously, he get put. Oh, that's why he can still do it. Yeah, because once you, once you as a, um, obviously, we all know because he puts in so much work and he's obviously elite at most things, but... Yeah. I think the thing is, once you, once you, if you play with leg speed during career and you lose that step and you can't get to where you expect to be, I think that's when you slow down. Mm. But Pendles is just, is just can run at the same pace all day. Hasn't lost his endurance and it's just phenomenal brain, football brain. So yeah, and just, you put a couple of smart players around him and he finds a way to make them better. Yeah, and then he looks, you know, as good as he looks as a result. But he's the he's a you know Tom Mitchell and he will be interesting next year. But one thing is that is the same. The, the consistency with you and he is um, an efficiency of effort and you, for, for varying reasons, like you just take less effort to get the impact and to get the result on and off the field. 
and sw- and you were unfazed. Like you were really confident with how you wanted to go about it. You knew exactly what you wanted to do. You didn't follow the the playbook. You just do it your way, and you balanced it up well enough. I mean, if 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 there was a like red flag opportunity and you thought oh, I'm in the danger zone here, you'd find a way to hide the next couple of times that you're in trouble. Mm. You just found the right way to do it. Pendles just does things with a minimum of fuss and really efficient. So I think there is synergy, even though they're at the different ends of the spectrum in some ways. And what about your, your uh, Dane's phrase that he had two hours a week in him of concentration? So he didn't want to waste his concentration outside of actually by the time the game started, the game finished. That's, a, actually you could pr- that's probably a fair point. Mm. <laughs> it was probably less than that. <laughs> well, I sat on a bench for fucking 20 that's minutes. Yeah, exactly. started, so Mick and, Mick and Butters worked out that you're actually better playing 75% mm. game time, like five on, two off, five yeah. on, two off. Rotation. So because your attention span wouldn't go to five and a <laughs> half Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my fitness as well. So um, some would say I ruined football with the rotations. Well, you were the you were the yeah, you know, really big beneficiary of that. Absolutely, that. like I can't, I, not steal and pendles and stuff. You could just run all day and say Robert Harvey, who would end up running you down in the last quarter. I couldn't <laughs> do that, so I need that was my strength to be able to go for five or six minutes and get off and you know recover quickly and then then go again. It was also a good way to break a tag. There was many yeah. things for you know. So the tag I had to figure out: do I stay on the ground or do I come off? And if he come off, you might you might get on for two minutes before you get off, so you get a couple of cheap ones. What's your Understanding of the advent of that tactic. Do you know when it was? Yeah, it was when Mick, Mick went and watched the um, ice hockey, is, is what I believe. And they went to the ice hockey and seen how powerful they are. Wasn't it Rommel? I just can't. On the wall. Was it no, no, no plan survives contact? Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> we heard plenty of that. We heard plenty of that. But I, I was under the um, understanding it was from the ice hockey, and Mick said they keep up their power. So, and that's what I was, was good at. So that they asked me if I wanted to do it. I was like, no. I don't want to come off. Do you remember what year? So the, I remember it st- specifically being around the finals in 07. Yeah. So we played – so Sydney were a really hard man-on-man team and they, they wanted their matchups, 21 matchups yeah. or 22 matchups, and they thought if they won as many of those contests as they could, well, then they were right. We went into the elim- – uh, it was an elimination final against Sydney and Mick decided that we would – ramp this rotation up even further. So it got 160 was what we had this night. And um, the whole thing was to rotate. So it was nearly impossible for them to keep their, their match-ups. So th- I th- that's my recollection of it was it was... Yeah, yeah I was, so was going to say I started the pre-season of 08, so I wasn't... Yeah, well, I reckon I reckon it was brought in, brought in, in the, at the end of 07, but as, like they were, you're already rotating a little bit, yeah. but it just went... It nearly doubled over a couple of weeks. We played Sydney in round in the second last home and away game and then played them in the elimination final and in the end went over to West Coast and won that, right. that game in overtime. Got beat by Geelong. And then got beaten by Geelong points. by five points. But that was, yeah, there was something that was done late in the season that actually made a difference and was an advantage to yeah, us. Yeah, it was definitely an advantage um, for me, definitely. Um, but it, it, at the start you're a bit hesitant, like why would I want to come off? Yeah. Like I'm just starting to make me way, like I'm, I'm starting to go all right. I'm not coming off, but then... You, know, you realise I'm oh, fucked by the, you know by three quarter yeah. time and by late in the quarters you just don't have, late in quarters you just don't have the same burst so you're plodding and then blokes who were aerobically better than me will get on top and think fuck if I was having a rest now and come back on like you I've got the same speed well no obviously you don't have the same speed from the first minute to the last minute but the gap between 
your best and worst is, is much smaller at the end because you've been able to maintain a little bit of freshness throughout the game. Well, the training in Arizona sort of buffered, you know, made that even stronger. So once yeah. you knew what the rotation process was going to be, like I wasn't a player anymore and I was out in the media for a couple of years, but you guys continued that. I reckon there would have been a shift in in the type of training at Arizona. And it was like obviously well down that path where it was maximal effort for... Yeah. Three hundreds and stuff. Yeah, like that. for ninety seconds or so, and then and then a quick recovery, and then try and go again. So it was that. Yeah, it was all so that to, stuff. And then to have that tactic, and then to train for it, and then you sort of got oh eight oh nine, and then built towards ten and eleven yeah. with that squad, with that with that same, and then uh, all of a sudden you see a comp- someone sees a competitive advantage, and they put a cap on it. Yeah. <laughs> Were you on the headphones, Arizona? Bit. Was I what? On the what was the headphones incident? Oh, um, when me. We, we used to headphones up the mountain. Were you there for that? You would have been. What was that? When, we, Mick, when you we weren't, when you, yeah, when you weren't supposed to. Yeah, 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 yeah. That. Were you wearing headphones? No, of course no. not. <laughs> oh, I just didn't like walking up mountains. <laughs> so you wore the headphones? Yeah, yeah, I wore headphones. Yeah, but then um, <laughs> a couple other people copied me because they see me doing it apparently, and then oh. we got we got hammered the next the next day or two days later. Well, it was me, Benny Sinclair, maybe Calf. Maybe maybe one more and I could. Was this after being told you couldn't? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is fair enough. But but I had no. I I was willing to cop the punishment because the six hours of walking over that mountain was made a lot more. Um, was made easier by the headphones. So I was like, I know I'm going to get in trouble here. But what was going? I'm, what was coming through the headphones? No, just, just music. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that'll keep me. Podcast. Keep, keep me going. No, I don't think a podcast were invented back then. You're just you're trying to imagine Swanee and friends. <laughs> yeah, deep yeah. In the future, we'll love, say, but we got hammered. We got hammered. Absolutely punished for it the next. But like, I just did it with a smile on my face. I was like, well, this is worth every second. <laughs> were, were you wearing headphones again? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> what are the most frustrating things with those Arizona trips? Was where you weren't allowed to go past Mick. Yeah, like he made it his mission to be to finish first, mm-hmm. and it wasn't on any physical. It was just on. Hierarchy, yeah, and saying um, no, don't, well, don't, don't go past me. The worst things were those things were the, were the hikes. That what it was. The Grand Canyon was the Grand Canyon was great to see once, but then all you all you did was see the back yeah. of someone's Adidas for eleven hours. You didn't fucking see a thing. Mm. Like you'd stop for lunch, you'd all be exhausted. The hardest one, of the hardest stage I ever did was when Butters made the midfielders run up the yeah, Grand did Canyon. Did you ever run? That was I solid. Did it once, and uh, John had to take my bag. Dad said I nearly felt like jumping off. <laughs> well, uh, well, that I was like. Because anyone wants to play, it must have, that must have been early. Because anyone wants to play in the midfield this year, we're we're, we're running, oh, mate. It was it's pretty solid. That was the hardest. That was the hardest thing. Because as you're going as you're going up, you're losing oxygen mm. because you've it's actually yeah there, there is an oxygen effect with that as well. So a bit of, a bit of, a bit of altitude at the top of the Grand Canyon doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's there. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, we and then you've got these false peaks, so you think you're there. Yeah. I was about three or four it's of them. Humphrey, you yeah. just think, oh, that can't, that's that's as far as I can see, and that's the top. Then you get there, and then you go as far as you can see, and that's the top, but it's not. There's, there's another two or three. Was it hard for you knowing that Vegas wasn't far away? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we did go once. We did go a couple of times. Yeah, to Vegas. Uh, for we got nearly got snowed in once. And we had to we had to drive to Vegas instead of flying. Oh. So we usually got a couple of days off Struggle. after. Um, after Arizona, which was nice, but good so timing after doing all this fitness training <laughs> and head to Vegas. I actually did some studies, got someone Blake McLean to yeah. have a look at you know what was actually happening with the hemoglobin because that's what you go there for to, yeah. to altitude, so you can get a red blood cell count that helps you absorb oxygen and that's how you get fitter. So 
we basically found out that the net impact was zero. Yeah. <laughs> so we were getting no altitude effect, but it was bloody hard training. Yeah, no, I, don't, I didn't like as much as a pain, pain in the ass was going. I hated the hiking. I never liked walking for long distances, but like I actually didn't mind going away somewhere with the group and, and training. That's where the value was. Yeah, because it feels yeah. like the days are long, but the weeks are sort of quick, sort of thing. Like I um, I actually enjoyed going away to another country and I didn't like the walking at all fucking hated it but like mm. the actual training getting away dinner with the boys the poker maybe going out for a beer like I actually enjoyed that part of, of going away the um like I said the, the two days where you had to hike the canyon Mount Afri was a nightmare but um but apart from that like I actually enjoyed getting away and like you said whether it made a one iota of difference physically who knows but it was probably more but I mean, everyone the other one that happens is um if you is everyone basically turned up fatter like the next year because you knew you were going to train so yeah. hard so you had a bigger off season because you knew <laughs> so you were going to but then what the what the studies did show is that if you actually lose you know a significant amount of weight you don't you that buffers against the altitude effect for hemoglobin anyway so you've got all these guys that are coming in pretty fat doing two or three or two and a half weeks of solid training and losing you know a shitload of fat stores and dropping a whole, a whole hot heap of weight, which actually works against what we're trying to achieve there. <laughs> I mean, you get fitter, but yeah. you don't get the attitude effect. But And then, yeah, and then go, actually going back and training again was shown to be the best way to do it. The, th- the, th- you know, the two or three nights in Vegas on the piss is probably not going <laughs> to sort of screw down those... Um, it's good for your mental health, though. Well, but that, it was. It was the experience. It was the dedicated yeah. time and, the, and the, you know, the absence. I mean, imagine if you had... If you had kids, and then you go and train and do that camp, yeah. like you're dedicated to getting as fit as you possible. Or another month. For, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gathering you're not going to go and do a, uh, yeah. a social hike. Then Maku Picchu is not on your uh, no, bucket mate. list. No, no zero interest. I, I don't know why people like to walk for long hours at a time. That doesn't interest me. So what stage of your careers did, did your boys come along? I, I'm only asking it through the context of Dane often yeah. says, "Thank fuck I wasn't a dad while I was playing footy." No, more, Jet was. Um, when I retired, it was nine months old, right, so it was really right yeah. at the end. Yeah. yeah, how would you have gone with? Like, I don't know, tip of the cap to the kids, to the guys who play professional sport and have kids, and like you have to sleep in separate rooms, like get hotels, or especially if they're yeah. young, young. Like just the the mental stress of playing AFL, then the mental stress of dealing with kids waking up in the middle of the night and like having to feed yeah. them and like partner, fuck, it'd be. It'll be tough. I suppose you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, and yeah. and you you find a way to get through stuff. But I reckon you'd be leaning on your partner even yeah. more than we did back in the day. So, um, yeah, I don't know how that would how that go. I think it probably teaches you. you know, it humbles you a little bit. You know, you, you're not as manic and mm. self interested and egotistical <laughs> about the what you're doing yep. as a player. Um, and I reckon I can see that the guys that are dads and they're still playing have got that, have got that awareness that this isn't, this isn't everything, um, and they've sort of got a bit more balance in their life. Did it help you as a coach, or did you learn it as you went? Um, I even even early, I was demented even the yeah. first couple of years as a coach. Just sort of, I mean, it was bloody hard. These blokes were impossible to manage, <laughs> and, and, I, and, and I had no mandate for change. I was. Yeah. I was Delivered a shit sandwich. <laughs> let's be honest. That's why I sacked no, all my friends. There was no, there was no winning in that. But that was, they were hard yards. But then, yeah, as you get a bit older, you, and even into a bit more comfortable in the coaching sphere, and in myself and and how you sort of go about 
yeah, then then it was the balance was a lot better. If you had your time again, would you go on and do an assistant role at another club? Well, if, <coughs> well, I think if if you like, there's no use going back and yeah. sort of doing hypotheticals. But I didn't have the courage to leave Collingwood. Really, like it was a pretty good deal: two yeah. years of assistant coaching, and then three years three years as a senior coach. That's that's five years of an opportunity to learn. To be supported in an environment that you're comfortable with, um, but and I had some advice on you know don't do that. The North Melbourne and Richmond jobs were yeah. around. I, I didn't. The North one I was probably closer to and probably would have got that if I'd have followed that through. Yeah. But going to a whole new environment and being a senior coach only two years out of playing, I still felt like I needed to do a bit more of a of a um, yeah of a preparation, I suppose, as an assistant coach, but. It was still really short, but the, the yeah the, the environment as you know the environment and the circumstances and um, yeah, that it happened was almost impossible for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, so it was probably better. It was it was would have been better for it not to happen. We yeah. spoke about <coughs> keeping Mick on, like yeah. asking Mick to stay for another twelve months or twenty four months, and I think by that stage Eddie and Purdy, yeah, that relationship had fractured a fair mm-hmm. bit at the time. But you boys would have preferred it. And I and I reckon it would have been better for it would have been better in the short and long term. Yeah, oh, I think so. So, but for for Pen, so for Pendles, who's going to walk straight into coaching? Would you say go somewhere else first? I w- I'd recommend him to go and yeah. see another environment. Yeah, yeah. like I've been for- so blessed and fortunate to be yeah you know, at Collingwood as a player, then assistant coach and a senior coach. I mean, I um yeah, I, so I, no, I wouldn't change anything because yeah. it's it sort of leads you to where you are. But um, yeah, I, I, there were. I did have advice to go elsewhere, and and I would advise anyone that's in it to, that you've actually got to get out of the bubble. There's there's so many different experiences, even though you're you're in the same competition at the same time. It's just the the differences in culture, the differences in people, different ways of seeing things. I think you learn and absorb so much more when you're in a different environment. And would you coach AFL uh, AFL again? Because you seem so much more relaxed now than and yeah. so much. Less stress than what you were when you were coaching. Like, you know, your best on going, you seem just way more relaxed and you, you might not enjoy yourself more than you would be. Yeah. certainly appear to be enjoying your life more now that you're not a senior coach. Because obviously, you've got to be fucking mad to be an assist, a head coach and it takes up so much. And obviously, the stress can wear, and especially at a big club like Collingwood. Would you think you, you want to do that again or are you happy doing what you're doing now? I've never been asked that. So it's an insightful question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bring all the big questions to this podcast. Well, you know what? I, I obviously didn't know you. I still don't know you. I didn't know you beforehand. Mm. I saw you as a player, mm. as, a, as a viewer. Then I guess most of my exposure to you was as a head coach. And now I've seen you, I work in the media as a, as a media professional. Mm. And I think you're brilliant as a media, as a media Thanks, professional. It's almost like I said. I didn't see you much as a player. I saw you mostly as a head coach. But yeah, the, the contrast. You, this just seems to be the role for you as an outsider. Because, like Dane said, you seem well, so much more relaxed, and it just seems to be the perfect fit. I guess the answer is just money. Would it be? Would that, would that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's gonna be. Answer. That's probably more a question. Like, how much are you gonna have to get paid you to know, go you be need an AFL coach? You need to write a book, like a self help <laughs> yeah. book for everyone. But exactly. Yeah, the shortest distance between two points. <laughs> My, exactly. How to find the easy way. Money. Um, and the answer. How, to, how to make the most coin. Book. Yeah. Well, exactly. So but, be money. Would it be? Is well, that be the only thing driving you back? Well, to it's, being? it's no, it's not. I mean, in the end, you sort of. 
There's a deep answer to that question, and the, and that is around. Give us the shallow one because yeah. yeah. this one suits yeah. us. Well, that's that's around <laughs> purpose and like what it, what do you want? To, I, I want to help as many people as I can through their lives because I reckon you know I got so much help and, and assistance even when I didn't ask for it, mm. even when I was stubbornly sort of resisting it. You sort of get people that come in and just show you the path. You, you don't you don't always take it, but they they come and help. So I, I like to do that. I like to help people along, and. So that part of coaching has been great, um, but I don't have to be in coaching to do in in an AFL yeah. environment to do that. But um, you know, my answer to the question around sort of looking more relaxed is, you know, I don't have to front up to a press conference and get asked the same question a hundred times and have to find a hundred <laughs> different answers for it and play a straight bat, yeah. and then while you're seething underneath, thinking this is fucking ridiculous. Mm. So I mean, not having to be in that situation, which is that when is your interface to the world? Mm. So yeah, it is bloody frustrating when you you try and address an issue and it just keeps coming back around and you say, look, this is the only reason this is as big as it is is because you keep asking about it, and I'm not being specific about anything, but it's just like everything is the the microscope on everything is just so um, fierce, white hot, mm. and Collingwood, you ramp it up. You know, two or three times. So, dealing with that, you know, it's it was. I found it really hard not to take it personally, especially early in the first half of my coaching. In the second half, I probably gave less of a shit. So that was, a, <laughs> and that I found that, yeah, you know, I channeled my inner Dane Swan and just decided, <laughs> decided not to give a fuck as much. And um, it actually, you know, then it actually frees you up from carrying a lot of that baby. But I felt like it was nearly my job to fight all these fights at different times mm. that generally the the fires that you started that <laughs> yeah. i was trying to put out but um yeah it, it, life was um a little bit it is a lot easier without having to deal with that yeah the rap pack well that's it, press conferences if you could be a yeah. coach without press conferences or without because basically like you said you're speaking for every situation that's going on in the football club you're the face of it when really mm. your talent should be applied to coaching you well, should just be able to do the coaching, do what you're good at, have someone else speak. Should well, be one, of my great, one of my great strengths but great weaknesses is I take too much responsibility for, for things. So it's great in terms of you know, that, you, that you can help something be better or that you can put your, your focus and energy and, and efforts into fixing this. Or, and so, but then if you're taking responsibility for something that someone else has done, mm. you can... Yeah, that's a slippery slope because at the at the head of an organisation, the mud sticks. Mm. So, um, I actually got myself in a hot water when I would accept responsibility for things that weren't quite working in the environment or with an individual choice or a decision that had been made. You, you're the you're the figurehead, so you have to take responsibility. That was took me a, that that the lessons of learning that and just realizing that hey, you, you don't have to take on mm. everyone's baggage but um you're taking responsibility for some of your acting on best on ground <laughs> we give me some feedback <laughs> it's, not, it's not great i would see this this is the this is the win-win scenario that i find myself in in best on ground mm. if it if it actually comes across like i'm half okay at it yeah. well then that's good yeah if it comes across like i'm shit house, mm. that's even better <laughs> so so you can't lose you're better than wow 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 rewalt's like um if you 
if you just cast yourself back to being at high school, the guy, like the jock that wanted to come and do acting because he thought it'd, he'd look cool amongst his mates, Is that's that right? the vibe that I get from him. Like, he's not very good, but fuck, the passion's there. He, he dives in 120%. He, he's, um, he's very earnest. Mm. He reminds me, like, he, he reminds me of me when I had my head up my ass a little bit. Is it Nick? No, that's, that's a bit harsh no, on him, actually. Yeah, but really he, but he's, he is so um, – he just wants to be the best at everything that he does. Yes. He, the work that he does off the, the, the commitment that he has to what he's doing, like whether it's a broadcast of a game or going in a best on ground, the ownership that he feels to contribute – to the environment that he's in is next level. Like he's and he's um yeah, he's super professional. He's he's brilliant the way he goes about it. What made you say yes to that? To to, to <laughs> doing best on ground. He's still stuck. Like you, you've just pivoted so like what made you think this is this is the one for me? Because I'm sure you got offered a fuckload of media gigs. Well, best I, on ground, what was what was that? So, you, are you missing well, time with the botanical? Sure, I know what, you love what, going down the bot. Like, you know, you. I haven't been there for ages. Okay. You, you, no, no, I don't go there. Too cool for me. It's G- not Gil- very Gilson's, Dane, is it? Gilson's more. Oh, like is that your the boy, go? The is boy, that your go? Okay. Boys are in the Gilson. Okay. Um, but um, you, you well that it's sort of celebrity was the that was the one that I said yes to that would probably yeah. be a right. Big, a, big, a bigger yeah, hang question. On, hang on, yeah. stop, stop. We need we need to address this right off the top. About this time last year, we get a list of questions. Dane, do you think Nathan's going into the jungle? And Dane said, no, he won't be because I bumped into him recently and he told me he yeah. wouldn't. Would. I'm glad I did. You said you, were, you said you were at a mate's farm up in... And he, he <coughs> said, oh, that's he exactly said, what I said. He said if I, but, but I didn't say I wouldn't. He go said if he goes said, there, you? we've got issues. Yeah. See, I'm not... So we've got you issues. lied. You, you <laughs> lied. lies. I may have lied at Collingwood. You lied outside of it. You lied to One me. One thing I can tell you is I did not lie to you. <laughs> Hang you, on. You misheard. This is this Hang is on. all from the Book of Swan. How do you misheard here I'm on a mate's farm versus I'm in the jungle? Mm. It's very different. Because I did go up to a mate's farm. <laughs> 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 well, loopholes. It's from Dane's playbook. Yeah, well, see, well, you can't be disappointed when you actually get some of your own medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. How, do you, how can you actually be disappointed? Oh, you know... Um, and, and and what do you mean we now have issues? We've had issues all along. <laughs> <laughs> we have. We have. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> now, to answer your question, I think I was in the headspace um, and heart space in my 
in my life that I was prepared to say yes to some things that I hadn't said yet, hadn't even yeah. considered before. So, um, in the end, the, the celebrity thing came around. We're basically just coming out of lockdown, but you don't know whether that's going to be opened up any further. I've I've been sacked from my job at the yeah. at the club. It's sort of middle of June, and someone comes in and says you can go and spend three weeks in the middle of nowhere, a week on the way in and a couple of days on the way out due to the COVID stuff. Coin. Yeah. Good coin. Yeah. And I'm thinking this is going to put my boys through school for the rest of their, yeah. their, their education. So that's that was – and I actually spoke to them about it. I actually asked Ace because um, – So you tell what's your the sons, channel, but not what's me. The what's the Channel 7 uh, show? SAS? Yes, SAS. SAS. Yeah. So it was, it was Channel 7. Yeah. As a broadcaster and then do SAS yeah. or it was Fox and have this opportunity to do um, <laughs> Celebrity. Financially, this one was better. Um, but I actually also like the Fox like the Fox vibe and environment and, yeah. I'd pref- and I'd sort of said to um, Ace, so which one do you reckon I should do, SAS or Celebrity? He goes, well, SAS, they make you talk about things you don't want to talk yeah. about and Celebrity, you just have to eat stuff that yeah, smells exactly. shit. Yeah. So <laughs> when he broke it down like that, I thought, okay, I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather go and. I reckon Ace would have been listed to you. Yeah, that's, well, that's pretty much what you said, wasn't better, it? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, f- exactly. They break you down, SES, where this, the celebrities just all, it's a kids' show. So it's like they want to do is. fun things and they want to yeah. talk about good stuff. And, yeah, you might talk about stuff in there when you, because you just forget that you've been filmed, but. 50 cameras around you. But yeah. I, I thought that they would, I like if they'd have put me around snakes or spiders or anything like that, I, I would have been a cha- it would have been challenging. But I think they'd worked out that if they'd done that to me, that I was going to put the game face on <laughs> and bury everything inside and not give them yeah. the entertainment out, out front, like to not show my fear or to, and to find a way to get through it. So they decided to clown me up. Like, like they, they just got me with goo and stuff <laughs> all over the place. They got me dressed up as a piece of bread with a... Big hot dog between my legs, <laughs> like, okay. like anything. Like so, they basically put me in scenarios that you would least expect to see yeah. me as a character. And Enjoy that's because it. as a coach, you were so had to be, I guess, so straight faced. But now we know Seemed that's because be, you yeah. were fucking fuming underneath, being like, "You guys are dumb. Stop asking that question." Yeah, well, it's sort of yeah, I, uh, yes, a healthy cynicism of sports media, um, which you're now part of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the fun, and, and the with fun the handout side. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think it's probably just taking myself too seriously there for a, for a fair chunk of that as well. So it, you need to need to get over yourself. It took me longer than most. Who <laughs> <laughs> was the surprising bond you, you got in the jungle with? Did you? Um, I was. It was. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, because I I sort of took on you know like not not I was the spiritual leader of the camp. I reckon there was a, there was plenty of other people that were doing plenty. Poe. Um, Who'd come off Master Chef and she's a go-getter in a, as a businesswoman. Yep. But she, as the cook, you become the most important person. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah. and well, you know, become you were, you were always mm-hmm. going to be. And and what's more, she loved that, and she was a very, um, very good organizer and had everything sort of working around the food. And um, so she was awesome. Cal Wilson loved loved chatting with her. Um, Dylan Lewis, who was a you know just a gun. Um, yeah, Bo Ryan, NRL guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's loose, isn't he? Oh, my God. He's, uh, <laughs> he's Peter Pan syndrome, I reckon. Oh, <laughs> spot on. Like he, he FaceTimes me. Like we, we probably talk every 
every other week. Face on, he never wears a shirt. Like, he, and why would you? <laughs> he's like, just a oh, he's, he's a he's a legend. But um, Brooke McClymont, the country music singer, she was just you just what you see is what you get. Like just so raw. But yeah, it was there was there was some awesome people in there, and um, yeah, if you it's it's. I mean, if you if I don't run into them for twelve months, but then you find each other, it's like you've got that shared experience yeah. that you can always go back to. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. So I, I got a message from one of our listeners who bumped, who had a beer with you at the races on Saturday. It's one of the seventy-five. <laughs> That's right. Did you ever win? Listen to it. Nah, nah, nah. Shit house. If anyone, if anyone, when okay, Oaks all. Day, Cup yeah. Day, no good. Stakes Day. You went every day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you know how dedicated he is? I had to. I had a couple of functions there. <laughs> and then I'll, I'm just starting to do some work with my. So, three of the days I was there, like, working. Yeah, well you got to provide for your kids. Oh, exactly. Exactly right. So, you know, i got to keep the lights on and I'm, I'm doing Super Bowl next year. I need to. Oh, yeah. You've done it? Vegas or Arizona? No, Ar- it's Arizona. Oh, you don't Arizona? Yeah, yeah, sorry. As in, this, as in this. In yeah. 20, 23, yeah. yeah. The end, end of this season. Wow. Yeah. As a. Working? No. Yeah, you're well, going to improve yourself as a sporting professional yeah. to no. observe and <laughs> no. or as a beer drinking person. No, Arizona, this is a Arizona this is would be good. List. Are you gonna pop up the flag stuff? Uh nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just just go and I'm gonna climb Mount Humphrey just for just, <laughs> just for the time's sake. You're you're working for Craig Hutchison. He has yeah, you, 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 yeah. I, he hasn't told me what I well I've I've <laughs> he gave me a bit of a discount off what the normal rate is. Right. So there's a there's a there's a bit of a... And if you could talk to some people while you're there... Well, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, he hasn't <laughs> yeah. detailed exactly what you that is. You go out for a dinner with some random people <laughs> and have a chat or something Who do you like think that? will finish in front <laughs> of this deal, mate? Yeah, exactly. Well, of course, Hutch, you'll finish in front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a great... It's a great... Um, it's a great week. Have you done it before? Week. No. Great. No, this was, no, this was yeah. the first... Oh, stupidly, and this is one of these things, like I... Um, Bill Daverin was a mad... Uh, he was our head of conditioning and um, Mad Pat's fan and then ended up going over to the Super Bowl with Gatorade. So it was – I think I think Butters went over as well. Yeah. Oh, well, can't have been. So it wasn't it wasn't Butters, but it was um, – I think there was two spots that Gatorade were providing through their association with the club and they asked me to go and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I because, I, because you're the senior coach. February. You need to be there and yeah. like yeah. – like, if I had that, if I had that opportunity a hundred times over, I would go a hundred yeah. times. It's just stupid for me yeah. not to take that opportunity. <laughs> exactly, well, it was just ridiculous. But yeah. then again, handed over to Bill. He was a Pats fan. He saw that was the Seahawks. Um, oh, yeah. Patriots one where Malcolm Butler sort of cut it off. So he's 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 had a life moment because yeah. and um, and I'm happy that that happened. But <laughs> but I should have been there. <laughs> so, uh, it's a big, it's a great week, and I think the, that golf. That uh, the golf tour. I'm going to that on Saturday. Yeah, the, the, where, the party the path, hole. Yeah, the party yeah, yeah. Hole, which is a par three, which is um, yeah. yeah. So it's like this is. It's like, how old golf should be played. I don't know. I understand why the best players in the world need silence to hit a golf ball. Mm. And same with tennis. It baffles me. It's one of my <laughs> pet bugbears. Hates. Yeah, it's one, one of my pet hates. Well, it's probably the people that are actually going to watch it aren't really that interested in screaming and shouting for five hours. Yeah, but it's like golf. Go can't just like talk to your mate, you know. So, but like, it has to be dead silence playing golf and tennis. I just mm. it baffles me. They're the best players in the world. If they were, you know, visually impaired golfer or you know or tennis player, somebody got to hear the rattle of the ball. Fair enough. But and then Roger Federer doesn't can handle a bit of noise playing some tennis, in my opinion. Yeah. Tiger Woods, if you can't concentrate, 
hitting a golf ball because someone's fucking booing like Happy Gilmore booing you behind. I don't know. I just, just think they're. All, a bit, I think they're a bit precious. Just those all con- it's all just all convention, mate. And yeah. silence, silence is deafening. It probably is louder. Yeah. yeah. In yeah, some well, ways. I, I tend to disagree, Nathan. It's really interesting. Well, no, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know why you're disagreeing with me, agreeing with you. Just out of habit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do you always do that? <laughs> so I was saying that I got a message from one of our listeners who I think he must have mutual mates of yours, so he's yeah. having a couple of beers and said how relaxed it was. I, I and I for some weird reason I remember when I first met you, this is back in nineteen ninety four, Triple M back in the day. It was a Sunday morning show that Eddie did with Jane Kennedy and Trevor Marmalade, yes. the girl team. And I am segment guy doing racing. But during the week I'm playing football, Glen Huntley, and I'm a tradesman. Wow. And Nathan walks in as well as the stars and it might have been Bomber Thompson or someone else like that and g'day by name to the same to the panel up to the producer. And then some tosser would walk in from Playhouse Theatre who's an actor playing in front of 20 people and mm. just not giving you the time of day. And I'm just asking, I actually think one of the most marvellous things about footy is actually you actually can't be a star unless you're actually good to all the people around you. Is that fair or unfair? Like yeah. Um, it's it's def- it's a team game. And, yeah. and when everyone sort of looks out for everyone else, then you go better. And it teaches you habits in broader society. I think it does. Um, Celebrity Get Me Any would be one of the things. Or did you – seriously, because you've played – that's why I think all the sportsmen go really well in there because – so used to working for a common goal together where I find a lot of the individual artists like are all about me. Yeah. You know, like maybe, why am I gonna go help you fucking pick the firewood? Like yeah. you can go do that. Well it's and it's but you yeah, you're right. And and that is spot on. You actually are looking about, okay, the the team or the how does this function well with everyone. Yeah. You just look at that instinctively because you've been in that environment for so long. And you used to have different personalities. Like, okay, he's not, oh. but I can deal, I can put up with him because I've dealt with people I don't like in footy clubs or whatever yeah. before. So where I think you can tell when an individual artist doesn't want nothing to do with you because yeah. they, they can't find a way to deal with you because they've got people around them to say, fuck off. <coughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where in a group you can find ways to deal with people you don't necessarily mm. so, you know, socialise with on the outside. Well, and because you you always had a um, a job to do mm. together for yeah. for a, an agreed outcome, but I, like when I got to the end of celebrity, I looked around and I thought Oof, the ratio of those those yeah. people, team players to individuals, was starting to was starting to turn the wrong way. Yeah, I, and I reckon I could do another couple <laughs> of days in here. I'd sort of I was at the end of my tether. So, yeah. but um, <clears throat> that experience was good, and and, that, and footy does teach you that. Uh, and like it took me longer than yeah. than most, to be honest, because I was so Driven. single-minded and determined. Yeah. And and the way I've unpacked this is is yeah you know, the way that I was my relationship with dad and the way that football came about for me. Yep. It wasn't about it wasn't about playing. It was actually about it ended up becoming about self worth. So if I was if I played well, then I was a good person. If I played poorly, well, then I wasn't worthy. That I somehow made that connection. Through my through my childhood with a relationship with dad, and then and then it sort of popped late. I was a late mature, sort of twenty years of nineteen twenty years of age at Port Adelaide. I, I turned twenty one at Brisbane, so I was a late sort of starter in the AFL. But I, the first half of my career, I would put myself under so much pressure to play well because I thought that was about how you'd prove your worth. So I was probably demented in that, and it was a very singular focus, and it took me to get my head out of my ass and realise that that's actually not a real thing and then contribute more to team and have a look more outside yourself and not have to be 
play well to be a good person. Let that go. And the second half of my career was so much more engaged, so much more um, uh, enjoyable and satisfying because I didn't put myself under as much. Do you think that's why a big problem is in today's footy? That kind of self because the media scrutiny, the social media, and why there's such a say boom in mental health problem with AFL football, so why it's so much more common now. Be joking, it's because they've, everyone puts so much pressure on themselves to play, especially at a big club. You play shit, you're gonna get fucking hammered on social media, you're gonna get hammered in the media all week, and then it just you know takes some types to be able to just push it back. So it takes a few years to to learn that now. Yeah. How much scrutiny is in well, the NFL players. There is more scrutiny than there's ever been, and mm. that's not going to go. It's not going away. It's, it's not going, going south. Worse. It's going to yeah. go up, unfortunately. Um, so I think if you if you're a young person that comes in and you've got the mechanisms to handle that, <coughs> whether it's you, know, you you were quite laissez faire, mm. like you didn't really buy into that because you didn't put any weight on it. So without you even knowing it, your your natural instincts, well, you would be able to come into today's football. And you'd actually be able to handle that element of it. You, you'd be unaffected by yeah. the pressure. Well, the pressure I was, was, was I wanted. That, would that be accurate? Yeah, with the yeah. external. But what I always wanted to do was play well for my parents. Like yeah, that was what yeah. I was like. I want my parents to be able to sit in the stand and be proud. And obviously, your parents, whether you didn't have a kick or you had hundred, they're they're going to be proud of every way. But the external stuff, the social, I found it funny. The more negative yeah. comments I got, I found it funny, and I'd just laugh at it. So. That didn't bother me at all. It was more that I wanted to, and I want. I had pressure on myself. I wanted to be the best player on the ground every week. Yeah. So I just whether I'm playing at St Kilda City or I'm playing at Collingwood. Yeah. I'm out there. I, I wanted to it was football. I wanted to touch the ball as many times as possible. Yeah. Now that probably contributed to my lack of defensive pressure sometimes. But my job was like I want to touch this ball fifty times. So yeah. that's, that was so the external stuff didn't bother me. It was just trying to make my family that. Yeah. Crowd see, was the only thing. See, my my old man, I'd I'd be sitting. I'd be playing a game of footy as a 13, 14, 15-year-old and my old man would be on the edge of the fence just yelling abuse over the top of it, mm. telling me all the things I'm not doing. Yeah. And then we'd, we'd jump in the car on the way home and sit in the carport for 45 minutes and just cop an ear bashing on this, that or the other. Now, I felt like that happened every weekend yeah. and I think I probably put, got some mayo on that in my in my memory because it, but that's how I felt. That's how I reconciled it with with this relationship. So I always felt the pressure. I reckon I could, I could early days I could still hear my old man in a crowd of fifty, sixty thousand. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of, yeah. Or if a, in a really at a really loud tennis match, you know. Like yeah, that, yeah. yeah, really loud. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I sort of carried that a little bit. So yeah, it was. And I don't not putting it all on my old man, but it's just the way you the way you brought up and the way you your coping mechanisms and what drives you and why. I think that's a big part of whether guys can handle the transition into a very public existence with high scrutiny. Because I think there's, there's, there's been a lot of really talented footballers that just can't get there because the accountability's through the roof. The, you know, handling, success, handling your failures is one thing. Handling when you fall short. Handling success is another. Like how do guys handle you know, being really good really quick or... When they play a good game of footy, so it's I think those those two sides of the coin can affect individuals. But well, Dane, what should he have done when Billy Swan tried to yell at you? Yeah, um, Dad tried to yell at me <coughs> when I was a kid under fifteen. So I sat down on the ground in the middle of a game, stuck my fingers in my ears for a couple of minutes <laughs> while the ball went around me. <laughs> Out of ten, how surprising is so, that to you, Nathan? Um, 
Well, my decision was to actually go and play tennis. Yeah. I gave I gave footy up and started playing tennis because dad uh, dad really wasn't interested in tennis, and yeah, I'm on my own. I was playing on my own, so I couldn't disappoint anyone. Yeah. I couldn't let anyone down. You miss the forehand, you're the only one that needs to worry about it. So I sort of went that down that path a little while. Still and playing, dad, dad? Oh, every now and then, actually. Looking for a membership at yep. somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Sign a chat to shortly. Um, and, but, but in the end, um, in the end, Dad was too smart, too clever. He's, you know, a bit of cunning. He sent me down to boarding school and the tennis court was all warped and cracked and, <laughs> like, it, it was really – you couldn't play on it. And it was, in summary, middle of – You were with David Schwartz, weren't you? Yeah, Schwartz was down yeah. there. Um, he was playing under-19s for Melbourne at the time. I think he might have pushed in the resis – it was 88, 89 that I yeah. was there. Finished sort of year 11 and year 12, boarding school, you know, middle of Victoria. Actually had um, some of the some of the priests that have ended up in the big house were the ones that used to take us to the footy. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah that was um, – dodged a bullet there. So. Yeah. Just to round off my point from before, though. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't attractive enough. <laughs> Just to round off my point from before, though, even when you were putting pressure on yourself as a young fella at Collingwood, you wouldn't have been – you wouldn't have tolerated – the club wouldn't have tolerated you being an arsehole of the third trainer. But in, in acting or in an individual sport, you can be a prick to people. And, and that's what I'm saying. That's the great thing about footy clubs, that actually you've you got to straighten up and actually be part of – everyone's part of your team. Yeah, I reckon – yeah, well you don't suffer fools in yeah. that. Like when there's – but then once, once again, that becomes a little cultural as well because um, – yeah, there's there's good ones and bad ones. There's yep. ones that you know are too hard or too manic, and then there's ones that are, that are too soft and let everything go through. So finding that balance is tough, and I think that shifts and evolves depending on the group that you've got because you can't be the same all the time. I reckon. Um, but you're right. Yeah, the game doesn't suffer fools, and you and you get weeded out pretty quick, or you have to change your behaviour. Yes, and there's 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 a there's a, some. The very small minority that, that find a way of <laughs> pushing through. <laughs> so well, I will say, like this yeah. bloke, one of the most intelligent blokes getting around. Like the, you can <laughs> Did that make it harder or easier for you? No, I, I see. This is a, the interesting thing. Yeah. So the Rat Pack always becomes, you know, well, not always, but it becomes a topic of discussion. And what what I'd suggest is is that um, the connection between each of those guys individually is always very different because, you, you know, I mean, I don't think you need – you weren't – how many of you were there? Four or five? <laughs> yeah, probably. There's a couple of trying to sneak more? in there now. <laughs> what, what did you call the guys on the outside? Yeah, they're, they're mice. The mice. Yeah. yeah there's a couple now that – There was a lot of hazing that was going yeah, on. Yeah, there's a couple now that finished the trying to fucking creep their way in there to get some street crab, but – if, if you had to – if you had to give me three words to describe the Rat Pack, like – just give me three adjectives to describe what you were in your heyday, in your element. What what were you? Uh, loyal would be the first. So one. what were your values? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get in. Yeah. Sure. Well, you had, well you, had, you had to have been in trouble on or off the field. You had to have done something. No, no, no. What were your values? Oh, so loyal. Loyal. Yeah. Um, so that meant that if if I fuck up, you're not allowed to tell anyone about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're loyal to Great each values, other. Different yeah, loyal. One in all in. Yeah, you know. Um, Say we're fun. That's what we wanted fun. to be. Yeah, and um, we were hard, hard on the field and hard off it. Hard on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think oh, that resonates with me. So yeah. So maybe he could have been part of the Rat Pack. Is that what you're saying? Because the thing I've talked well, about so many I'm times. A, I'm a loyal guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> think uh, about the Rat Pack. Well, we won't. It wasn't as much fun back then. <laughs> we weren't just clogging up the list, even though you did. 
obviously feel that way because you got rid of most of them. But yeah, we need to talk. Uh, can, uh, I didn't consider you list cloggers as well. That's, that's what I said. We you guys didn't want to listen. So <laughs> <laughs> none, of, none of you. Well, you were you were about the only one that. And that's why was you're cagey, you were cagey enough to work out. Yeah. Well, I loved I loved Collingwood, changing. so I didn't want to no, really go. But it, it, it's not that anyone's forced out. It, it really was that um, <laughs> that the way that. Uh, the leadership wanted it to be, and it's not just a senior coach, but the way the leadership mm. wanted it to be wasn't the way that um, some of these well, folks yeah, wanted, wanted it to be. be so. Well, yeah, was, was I ever close to being traded or anything like that? I reckon you were closer to nah. I reckon you were closer to being punted when I was a player or an assistant yeah. coach before. Yeah, no, I, I, I generally don't know. We, so. we had we had a few hard to hearts and DNMs yeah. and where you'd pull the wool over my eyes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they went go, well. And you walk out and you say, Dan, he's really listening. <laughs> <laughs> my performance How didn't really drop that? off though, apart no. from yeah. um, that was all, that's what I cared but about. But I reckon we actually got to the point where, look, mate, if you're going to, you were actually smart enough that when you did, when you stuffed up, that you didn't take anyone down. You yeah. didn't take anyone, well, not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. <laughs> the, the, no, no, no. You sort of left the nest to, to go yeah. Well, it's stuff one of the rat pack, on. one of the rat values. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never bring anyone down with you. Um, yeah, no, so we were good bunch Boyle. of boys. Yeah, Boyle. so we're yeah, no, about we were hard on and off. Got it. You talk about the pressures of pre-social media or lack of pressure in some ways. We, in, I inadvertently stumbled over this story. We were doing a little uh, lunch earlier this year, and without even knowing, Paul, the great Paul Williams is in the audience, and you got him up and you started talking about Paul. And Mick McGowan. I actually ran into him a couple of days ago. Who, Paul? Paul. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was Chatham House Rules, but there's one thing I asked you before we started this, if I could ask you about. So yeah. just, just tell people what it's like a 90s footy start. People yeah, so not know it. Well, there was a bit of focus on me yeah. <laughs> at that time, sort of going to Brisbane. And yeah, that happened real quick and my head was still spinning. But I ended up at Collingwood. After that seven months at Brisbane, at the end of 93, so pre-season starts in November. And it was the first pre-season I'd ever done because I played basically three and a half years or all year round, sort of up and down, down yeah. season, Adelaide season, down season, Adelaide season. So anyway, get to Collingwood, staying at Coventry House across the road um, and just about to start a pre-season. And Mick McGowan was basically the guy who would take people under their wings and show them the ropes and... That's where the hazing starts. and um, so, <laughs> so you sort of realise um, as you go on. So that was basically like train hard. He, he would have had, had the Rat Pack idea. There would have been a few back in that day. Yeah. Oh, there was, was probably. <laughs> the whole, like I said, the, so the whole 90s era was the Rat Pack. It was actually a jock pack. There were three <laughs> or four of them. Yeah. They had very different values to the majority. So. <laughs> but um, so Mick, one night we, you know, and Paul Williams had been there for a couple of years, Tassie Boy. Um, was already you know starting to really become a, a great player, so I remember Mick, Paul, and myself went out, and there was there would have been another handful. We were we went, went through the tunnel. You're in Fort Apache, which is that little sort of wooded area that you could block off. You could pull the barrels. The, the barrels used to be brought across and sort of cover. The exits. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and then you sort of like you could sit in there about a dozen, and, and Mick would go and sort of line that up, and then he'd buy trays of bourbon. So you'd, you'd buy a tray of bourbon and coke, and a tray of scotch and coke, and that would sit there, and you'd just write yourself off. So this was he. Mick was wearing his favourite shirt, which had damage across the back <laughs> of it. 
<laughs> oh, it's still these little things that flash in your mind. So in the end, like I, I was reckon it was probably like a like a budgerigar with a with a cat. Like so, mix the cat. I'm the budgerigar. I'm. <laughs> I'm sort of a little bit calm, I'm trying to get out and try and fly away and he just grabs it with that paw and try and fly away and he just grabs it with that paw and I'm just in there shitting myself just thinking <laughs> I just want to go home and in the end we end up at Nicholson Street trying to trying to break Mick's trying to break into a pub of a mate of his just off Nicholson Street <laughs> and I looked at Willow and I said this is our chance we can get out of here <laughs> So we're on the tram. I'm on the tram lines. I didn't even know what a tram was. I'm on the tram lines. We're trying to hail down a cab, mix a block and a half away, you know, two levels up, trying to climb into this this pub. It's daylight. <laughs> he comes running around the corner. Just we're two steps away from getting in the cab. He comes running around the corner and he goes, "You don't leave your mates posted." Like so, this <laughs> is a, you don't leave your mates posted. You don't leave your mates. Full stop. And he just – and I said, we just got to get out of here. And two, he took two steps towards me. Before I even knew it, he just he just crossed me. Like a right <laughs> cross. Like, bang. Right on the chin. And I reckon I, I might have even gone down in my knee and I've gone, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is before I played a game at Collingwood. But that was – you don't that, – so, so what I learned was um, – What are the takings? Sneak out better. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe do it out of a – out of a busy populated yeah. area because you're easier to spot in open space, but no, it was uh, that was welcome to Collingwood and yeah, Mick was a definitely a hard on and off. Mm. He was definitely loyal. And he was definitely about fun. And, and he, he's coached a heap of premierships at Collingwood. Oh, he's, well, he's such he a good footy it, mind. He yeah, it's it's a real it's really interesting that he hasn't got back into an AFL environment. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 been on the edges and on the fringes. Um, he's he's very he's very earnest. He's got solid beliefs in the way he sees the game, yeah. and that might turn yeah that might turn some clubs off. Um, I think that yeah maybe maybe it's the the whole package. You know he's um he's probably struggled early for consistency, like out of his playing days and early in his coaching days, maybe. Maybe it was there was a bit around consistency and um, your reliability, but I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know why. I'm just I'm just pulling that out. Yeah, is he wanting? He was at saying. I, I, don't, I don't know. That's another good yeah. question. He's very. He's as passionate about football. And you're talking. Yeah. What's talking Love his about? Love tracky. Oh <laughs> well, he's like. He he. The way he talks about the game, I think he's, he's a very he's an underrated resource yeah. in football terms. Um, but he, he's not going to they're not going to put him in front of a camera. He's not as presentable. He's not mm. left him kept himself presentable. So he's not sort of you know sexy in that regards for a broadcast. But uh, for a behind the scenes guy and actually like grassroots, mm. like the the number of young players that he helps along and just yeah. wins their hearts and minds. My cousin and played under him, yeah. And and he ends up you finding the best out of everyone. So on a pure on a pure coaching level, I, I think that you know from my understanding, he's he's as as good as they get, and he tactically knows the game really well, and he's driven. He's really passionate about it. So he's probably doing what he's really passionate about. Yeah. Just left here one to finish with. Um, we had uh, I had Brad Scott at Kuyong here, which is where we're doing this uh, for a chat. It happened to be. Half a year later, he, he ended up being a required coach to use Scotty Cummings' line. Okay. But I asked him about Mad Jack Door, just out of yeah. field. And he had the room in the palm of his hand. It was the most awesome 
chat of all time. Uh, away from the cliched questions about coaching, what, what's what's your moment where you go, gee, I'm so glad I did this with this player, that you go, yeah, I'd, and it's got nothing to do with actually on-field success or anything, but just feeling that it was just great being involved on, on a one-on-one basis. Yeah, well, I don't know what that what the magic door... Um, it was about getting him back to health, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah and, and even... That, and that and that, yeah, yeah, maybe even just that, yeah, that one game of footy. Yeah. You know, in the end, it's it's interesting. I think when you've been in the job for long enough, it's it's not the ones that everyone knows about, yeah. as you said. I I'm not. I've got a couple of specific guys in mind, but I, I'm I'm not going to say their names. But we were just talking about coming into the coming into the industry and having talent, but not really being able to um, find a way. To steal to steal your mind, or to or to keep yourself on the straight and narrow, to be able to handle the rigor and the accountability of the of the caper. There's there's two guys at Collingwood that I basically sat down and said, look, I I reckon I reckon you're better without AFL football. Yes, and that's not you know that's not in the job description, but I think when you're looking out for a, an individual, it, you know playing AFL. If you listen to Twitter and if you listen to the fan sites and if you listen to the demented supporters and and rusted on supporters of each club, this is the only thing that matters. Winning on the weekend is the only thing that matters. And I think the irony is is that when you actually realise that it is a thing but it's not the only thing and that there's other parts to you and to your life that you actually can find the balance to win more, funnily enough. But some guys just can't – they blow themselves up. They can't handle it. And I reckon this, their, their, their mental health and well-being go south and you're a worse version of yourself because you're, you're exposed to that environment. So there's a couple of guys that I actually help manage out of AFL football. <laughs> One bloke actually went and took a contract at another club and that lasted you know, a short period of time. And then he finally – now he's chasing you know, something he's really passionate about, yep. less scrutiny, less pressure on performance – Still, really, still is a really talented footballer, but you know, in the end, I think you've just got to find what resonates with you. Because I worked against, I suppose, who I really was for a long time, but when I let that happen, I was much happier. And I think being happy is the first thing that you you want people to be um, when they're involved in an environment that you're a part of. Uh, to fi- finish with, you're unique. I-, I just forgot to ask him. I would have asked him. You're unique in this because I met you through the footy show days. Yep. You know who gave him the most pleasure? Who 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 shit Ed Moore at his peak out of me and Dane? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Probably you. Probably <laughs> who you. got the best praise? I don't know. Uh, I can't yeah. couple good ones. But see, the big, the big, the one of the biggest sprays I've ever seen Ed give was to the group after Malorba. after Malorba. <laughs> that was a beauty. But you really, you weren't involved in that. I wasn't. No, no, I wasn't. Um, I, did, I, I was not a defecator. I was not a <laughs> that means <laughs> shitting. shitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what that meant till then. Um, <laughs> fuck that was that was an old time one. The old put your hand up. No, you're not going to get in trouble. <laughs> oh yeah, bullshit. <laughs> You want to be fucking stupid putting your hand up? Well, it, it, it was Mel Michael that signed Warwick Capper on that um, Guernsey. Yeah, Barry Stoneham, Neil, 
down at Sorrento yeah. and never owned up to it. <laughs> never like well. Barmy Barmy had us in the room for like twenty minutes and said, yeah. just put just put your hand up. Once we sorted this, we can move on. Yeah. No one puts their hand up. Like uh, it would have been half an hour. Yeah. And, like, and that, that just meant, okay, we are rooted. For the next <laughs> two or three years we're rooted because you can't everyone knows that someone's done it. Yeah. And probably half the group know who's done it. No one's put their hands up. There's been no no transparency. Leadership's failed to, yeah. to, to, to out the rat. And what, what do you do the next two or three years if that's the if that's Well, we, if you were the deaf guy, would you have put your hand up in that instance? It's important you, you cut off one head. Just <laughs> <laughs> so what's up for the thousand. summer? Uh, obviously Super Bowl. What, what do you, and then any um, media at the moment? Yeah, well, I, I don't have any responsibilities media-wise yeah, until good. end of Feb. Yep, it's um, nice. Well, yeah, quite a lifestyle. Yeah, it's, mm. yeah, we'll see. Why would you go back to no, coaching? Exactly. Like, like <laughs> I, I mean, I, I enjoy the SEN and the, and the Fox Hill stuff. St Kilda City looking for a coach, I think, if you want to come down. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can sort of find someone for you. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing that well at the moment. I'm a bit of a recruiting guy. Yeah. Yeah, so if someone comes to me under the guise of, you know, we're looking for someone to do this, but they're sort of half thinking, will you do it? Yeah. And I'll just go, no, nah, I'll, 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 I'll see if I can think of a couple of people. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just getting the boys through term four. Yeah. Um, got a bit of time over summer to travel, um, go over to Perth for a couple of weeks and check out Margaret River. So just got some bucket list stuff. Yeah, I was able to do some stuff this year that I that I haven't done in my whole life. Take Dad to a Collingwood game, take the boys to a Collingwood game. They're their first in thirty years. Barry so. for Collingwood? Like are you Does, do I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. yeah. I didn't realise how much I mean obviously, but I didn't yeah. realise how invested I was until the qualifying final. I thought, yeah, this is great and I'm yeah. I love seeing the boys go well. But when, when we got pipped in that um qualifying final and Tay got injured. I went yeah. home and I was I was gutted. I was yeah. I, f- I actually felt like I'd coached the game and I was sitting up till two in the morning and yeah, I was yeah. I was gutted we lost that game. But the boys mad Collingwood? Uh ACs. Yeah. yeah. Jets Jets sort of moved away. He's more doing go karting, he's moved away from the, the pressure of um <coughs> my shadow, I suppose. And that's yeah. and he's he's he, he actually wrote an essay about it at school and it was awesome the way that he sees it so he's he's really mature yeah 16 in december um ace is ace is absolutely manic yeah had me in a headlock when jamie kicked that goal um <laughs> uh, after the siren yeah he was he yeah. goes off tap and and he loses it yeah he's he's where's his heart in his sleeve yeah he goes for, he really barracks hard yeah. so that's uh that was great to to witness and what about other things that are, that are outside of football that you can now do with your sons now that you've I guess got the time. Like mm. I, I feel like I've noticed um, Chris Judd with his boys at a lot of sporting events lately. Yeah. That's something that you wouldn't have been able to do because you're in the season and you're you know you're not able to be dad. Yeah, as such. well, that's and that's the thing. I think when you do the job better, you actually do you do make sure that you're tipping into other areas because it means that you're a better product when you get back in the in the environment. So I discovered that late, the, the second half of my coaching, but. No, I just the boys. So Ace loves going to the Australian Open, so we'll, we'll probably find ourselves there. You know, I think once is enough. Yeah, it's <laughs> a better day. A better day, like one day each, maybe. Um, yeah, you know, the the go karting calendar is through the roof. Yep. Um, and but so that's that's, that's a slippery slope to an expensive sport. That is. Mm. Well, there's no slope, mate. It's just straight down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but but you know, Jet's really passionate about that. Uh, but that calendar dominates um, their time outside of school. 
Um, Aces still playing footy. But, yeah, it's, have, have a hit of golf. Um, yeah, go watch some sporting events. Just hang out a little bit more without having to think about normal. You know, a, a team meeting in the morning. It's, it is different. I mean, I mean it's, I'm only 18 months out now, but it's, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed the freedom that comes with it. Um, and just having a little bit more autonomy to choose what you do. I, sometimes I feel like I'm a lazy prick. You just, not, I'm not doing enough. But <laughs> well, you look you like you're now. Post COVID, <laughs> you can actually leave and go do the European summer or something. Or if you can't, you'll be a footy season. Yeah. Well, in the end, there's there's always commitments, and you've just yeah. got to work out how you're going to live the best now, but still, you know, invest in whatever your future looks like. So that's that's the, that's a life challenge that everyone's got. But well, some do. people just seem to clock it. Yeah. Yeah. Pain. I'm still getting so, there. So, re a text message on, on last over the weekend. <laughs> yes. That Nathan text me. What, am I getting myself in the wrong spot? Yeah, I screenshot. I, I screenshot your um your ratings on three. Yeah. Your, your rating was a three. There was so a lot you, of. If you look at Spotify, we got five stars. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're on four point nine. So I took a screenshot, sent it to Ralphie. I said, "Is this is this a good decision?" Yeah. <laughs> is this the good? answer is no. Is this good for my brand? So you <laughs> said you said you'll get us to three point one. Well, if I yeah. can get look, so everyone out there. <laughs> if you want to rate this less than three, yeah. please look elsewhere. <laughs> if you want to give it more than three, then go ahead. Because if I can just bump, to, can you can yeah. it do a point one? Can we're we're yeah. going for point one. Yeah. So if we can just get it to three point one, yeah, this is it, on the this is on the Apple Apple, Apple, Apple podcast. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So don't touch our Spotify rating, yeah. you bastards, because yeah. that's already that's squeaky good. clean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to get that to five point one. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> High achiever. <laughs> so surely, if you've enjoyed the great Nathan Buckley, uh, give us five stars. With the meantime, thanks so much for giving up your time. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.